Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Today's episode of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast comes in association with Nutmeg, the Scottish football periodical. The subscription-only quarterly publication is filled with top-quality writers, great articles and fascinating stories about the beautiful game in Scotland. Get your subscription at www.nutmegmagazine.co.uk. Thursday's episode of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. My name is Craig Fowler and I'm joined on this occasion by Joel Skett. Hello. And we're supposed to be joined by Craig G. Telfer. Yet again he pulled out. Now this time he pulled out because he's getting his hair cut. That's not a joke. It's literally what he said to me. And I've been thinking about this. <laughs> because he said that he was able to do the show on Saturday, was it? Friday or Saturday? Yeah, we organised it pretty early. He later said that he'd booked a haircut already and forgot. So that means that he booked a haircut a week in advance. At least. Now, I'm not going to disparage the man's hair. His hair's fine. Suits him. It's good. But I'm jealous of you, sir. I'm not a, I'm not a hairdresser. My girlfriend is, but I'm not a hairdresser. I'm not an expert on these things. However... I don't think that head of hair is that hard to cut. I think you could find somewhere else, or another night maybe, if, if he's having a book a week in advance. I'm thinking this place might be pretty expensive. I'd say he'd get away with, you know, just your bog standard hairdresser. I can understand why we want to go to a barber maybe. Because barber, a lot, there's, a, there's fine barbers. Never go to barbers. But there's a lot of barbers who just want to pull out the clippers and just, yeah, just yeah. deal with it that way that's, that's fine but I mean I, I've, I've been getting my haircuts by hairdressers for 10 years now and uh, I know that there's several where you just go up and say yeah this is a photo of me this is what I want and they do it and it's fine and it costs like £15 I remember going into like our my hairdresser and showing a photo when I was like 12 here's Peter Schmeichel <laughs> <laughs> um no, but uh, in defence, is it really a defence of Craig Telfer? Uh, before the Young Fellers gig on Friday, didn't he get his nostrils um, trimmed or something? He was, was getting something. He was getting something. <laughs> I think you're going into too personal detail now. He, was, he, no, might, no. he might be more offended at that. No, than no. The that's fair Although, to be fair, he never listens to that. That's fair enough. That's why he takes male grooming seriously. So maybe he's very particular of who he wants his hair cut by and where he gets it done. And if, again, it's Christmas season, so it can be hard to pick. Yes, well, that is that is true, but that doesn't mean it doesn't deserve a slagging. No, right, no. Right, it, right up top. Again, I, I, I got. I got my hair cut uh, but I managed it today or, but I managed it around the podcast <laughs> well I, I get my hair cut every six months so I probably can't really talk but I do I do need to be very particular with where I go because I've not got a lot of haircuts left in me <laughs> it's really you that should be cancelling or not her yeah right uh, 
So you're probably looking forward to us giving it, you know, all the chat about what happened on, on Wednesday night because there was a lot going on. Unfortunately, we'd already arranged for uh, to not talk about that on the main show, but to, to mix it up instead because there's going to be a lot of football over the festive period that we didn't necessarily want to get into the rhythm of going, you know, Premiership, pre- well, we're doing the Premiership anyway, but just like Premiership fixtures, next show Premiership fixtures and just do that all the way through the month because we're going to end up doing that anyway. So we decided instead to do something else. And then, of course, it's the most mental midweek in maybe the last five years. Yeah, I was saying, I was, I was, at, I was in Perth last night um, working, not as, not as a fan, I'm not that daft. And I was driving home thinking, it's, uh, it's going to be some texture because of the, the amount of stuff that was said uh, that was going on, the, just the, the craziness of the results. Yes, so we are going to get to, it will be in the, the texture. So if you want to hear that, it's patreon.com forward slash terrace podcast. Sign up to that and you can hear our thoughts on that. It won't be as long as a normal show, but we'll uh, try and pack everything in. Instead, today we're going to do, as we are starting to do a tradition, I think this is the third season in a row we've done this now, the best players from every team in the top flight. So we're just going to run through them in alphabetical order, say who's best, and I thought, I've got a couple of names written down for everybody. Have you got a couple of names written down or just one? I for the majority I've just I've got one. However, um, in my head I've got others that I can. Okay, I you can, can go mention. first each time then, and I'll pick somebody else if we have the same. Okay, the, I've uh, I just had a quick glance at your list, and there's definitely a few that we've got different. Okay, starting with but Aberdeen. Yes, yeah, we've got the same. <laughs> Scott McKenna. Yes, yeah. I. The, I can understand there is people out there who've got reservations about him just because of he was touted with that move to the championship with six million. Or it was a loan move, the potential of uh, Aberdeen getting six or seven million. That's mental money. That's like really good money for Aberdeen. McInnes believes that they, he's going to be able to go straight to the Premier League and they're going to get ten. Ten. Um, no, no team in the Premier League is going to give that to a Scottish club so, not called Celtic or Rangers. I was reading, reading around interviews uh, prior to the uh, Bedford Cup final, and it was with, I think it was Brian Cormack, he's a director, and there was um, Ewan Murray did a piece for The Guardian, and he did. Uh, there was other quotes from another director, or just talking about directors, and there's this kind of, I think there's this belief that when they sell. Scott McKenna for this ten million that'll help fund part of the stadium. <laughs> so I mean I'm not sure I'm not sure how accurate that is or um, how and if it is accurate, how much business sense that makes. But I can see why why McInnes perhaps thinks that he will go down to the Premier League and get a lot of money because he is an old fashioned defender. Uh, no nonsense. I mean it's at the top level it's Quite a, a dying breed, but it's not. He's not like kind of one. I want uh, like a. Uh, For an old-fashioned defender, he he's, he's got also, a bit more about his. Yeah, about he's, his he's also very quick as well. Yeah. which I think helps. He reminds that which leads me on to. He very much reminds me of uh, Christoph Berra. Yeah, I, I knew you were going to say that. Though. Yeah, he, uh, he's probably better than the ball at his feet. Yeah, I, I've, yeah, I got that written down. I think he's more. Uh, Berra's got one thing in his army when it comes to his uh, ball at his feet, and it's just a clip with his left foot <laughs> up the pitch. Kind of. But he does it more aggressively than a Danny Wilson clip. That was a float. That was a feathery, yeah. feathery nonsense. Um, Better's more of a launch. McKenna's, I think McKenna can mix up a lot more. However, he just has that knack, similar to Better, of being always seem to be in the right place at the right time in the box. The ball always seems to fall to him in the box. Uh, he's, he's dominant in there. And you saw it last night again. Again, I will probably refer to last night quite a few times um, through this but last night there was Rangers had a chance late on and out of nowhere he came and blocked, uh, put in, a, put in a, a great block and that's that's exactly what, what, what he brings OK so you've picked McKenna so I'll go something different I'll go for Gary McKay-Steven it's definitely not Ben McKenna but <laughs> yeah, he, he, was, he was the other one um, there was a few I considered GMS um, Ferguson possibly Ferguson's uh, Lewis a good player Shinny still got Lewis, something yeah, yeah. So, uh, Lewis, not had a great season but as we'll get on when we talk about another team uh, attacking players are just more valuable yeah we've seen that you, can, you can't really build a winning team around a really good defence and little else uh, you have to have you have to have players who are good going forward. Although I've seen that um, Aberdeen are mainly built around a very good defence and little else. But they do have some ability, mainly Gary McKay-Steven, who, as we've mentioned before, is having probably the most consistent period of his career 
uh, at Aberdeen since probably around about this time last year, maybe about a month or so earlier. He had a kind of rocky start, but after that, he's 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 really come on a game. He's continuing to, he's kind of more the the kind of highlight reel flicks that he used to pull off at Dundee United, the kind of you know half professional footballer, half kind of trickster that yeah, you, yeah. you see clips of on like social media. Or be the warm up the crowd at half time. Yeah, he doesn't really do that as much anymore. He's, he's more kind of focused on what he wants to do and more kind of ruthless in, in how he attacks the opponents. And with now again dropping off with the numerous problems they've had up front, the fact that they've lost uh, their kind of attacking edge from the centre of the park, he is even more uh, valuable for them this season. Um, but yeah, it's definitely McKenna. <laughs> yeah, uh, just touched on uh, JMS was the second person I had, and he is. He looks like he's matured. He's I think he's embraced uh, responsibility, like I said, because McGinn is meh, and then you've got the the, the strikers who don't score. McGinn just looks like he's coming to the end of his career now, and there'll probably be a few highlights down the way. But uh, he's still he's still got talent. He's still a good player, but it's just there's that. That kind of spark, that consistency that you I mean, he's a winger and he's always been kind of inconsistent, but even now it's like once in every five games and it used to be like once in every two or three. I've seen, I seen someone mention on Twitter, uh, it escapes me who, but they made a valid point about moving McGinn into the centre. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. that's where he, he did play there uh, previously and scored, scored goals. Uh, yeah, that's a very good point, actually. I've never thought about that. Because McInnes never really used him up front. No. And that was where he played the season before McInnes arrived and played very well. Thanks. And he scored about uh, and 16, forwards are fucking bogging. Yeah. <laughs> right, Celtic. Kieran Tierney. Oh! Right, state your case. He's better than Andy Robertson. This is fuck this, off. Yeah, fuck I, off. I, I, I know. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick, stick. I'm gonna beat this drum forever and ever. Andy Robertson plays at the team that might win the English Premier League title. He plays every game. He's also playing the Champions League final. He's playing at the highest level of like world football. That's thing, much. But the thing is, I reckon I you could swap. You could put Kieran Tierney in that Liverpool team. And they would be exactly the that, same, that if is, not better. That is a theory. It's a theory that which I firmly believe. Well, but that is not put in practice, so it's fucking nonsense for the right time being. And I am, and when putting them together, I'm going to look at their Scotland, Scotland careers. Tierney's a better defender. He's a better attacker as well because if you look at uh, no, not buying that. Right, let me let me explain. Andy Robertson, when Scotland play, basically he's he he's pigeonholed himself as a left back because he's he says he's not used to playing uh, a wing back, which is nonsense because he played there for Hull. He wants to play left back because he has a, a space in front of him to gallop into. Tierney, when you watch Tierney, he can play left back, he can play right back, he can play centre back, he can be left wing, left wing back. When we've seen him play a few of these positions for Scotland, and he's not done that well. Better than Robertson. It's just because he's not being moved. <laughs> he's when uh, when one on one, Tierney is better defensively and attacking. The amount of times that Robertson's happened, he does fantastic at galloping with the ball and running at space. Tierney can stand up a defender or a winger one on one and just turn on like like we talked on a previous podcast and go from zero to twenty in a matter of seconds. I still think his engines are good for though. I think he's I think he's better in one on one situations and I he's arguably he's diddies half the time. That's thing. That's 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 another thing we take him for granted in Scotland because he's broke through and he's played so many games for Celtic that we're so used to him. And then uh, we've got this mystique around Robertson that he's came through Queens Park. He helps out with food banks. He's just which which is great, which is great. He's built built up his character. Can you say that's got nothing to do with how great players? <laughs> I know. Aware but, that but, he but adds adds to this 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 mystique this this love affair that Scotland's got for him. Don't get me wrong. I I think Andy Robertson's a great player and it's great to see him do well. I just think Kieran Tierney's a better player. And in this country that we have, um, because we see more of him, he's got a bit of a snidey side to him. And now he is probably one of the worst in Scotland for faking or feigning injury. Um, however, he's I think he's still the most talented player in, in Scotland and Scotland's most talented player. Okay, I've gone for Callum McGregor. He was second. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, no, it was between him and Edward for a second. I called my Swiss Army knife, but Swiss Army knife, sir. Essentially, shite. They're just wee tiny things with nothing's really that good on it. It does a lot of things, but it's not really that well. And so, you always think so, Swiss so Army is going to hurt yourself more than yeah. Right. So Callum McGregor's a Swiss Army knife if it like you know brings out a revolver, <laughs> like, like a chainsaw. 
<laughs> like a master key to any house you want to get in there. So he's more Inspector Gadget. Yeah, better. Yeah, yeah. That's why he is in this Celtic team because it doesn't matter where you put him on the side, he seems to do a job. He's done. It, he's even done a job at like left back and stuff when when Tierney was out. Left like wing a, back as well. Better than Andy Robertson. <laughs> get it. Uh, he's, the fact that he's now adapted to this new role as well of kind of like master commander of the midfield and pulling all the strings and doing Scott Brown's job but kind of better in an attacking sense mm-hmm. it's still yet to hold up on a kind of tougher level but then to be fair Brown was kind of struggling the last few years in Europe anyway so maybe just as well having McGregor there so that you actually have a better team can move the ball a bit better because it, I think it's shown in the last couple of months that Celtic have got better in domestic football because when it's McGregor in there they're able to go for the jugular against other teams just a bit quicker because he can move the ball quicker and he is more attack minded and can join the attack unlike Brown who's who did used to I mean, Brown's done this job for a number of years and he used to join the attack and pop up with the odd goal, but I think nowadays he's firmly like a defensive midfielder. And McGregor, play him on the left, he'll do a better job than Sinclair. can play him at number 10, he'll do just as good a job as Tom Rogic mm-hmm. um, or Ryan Christie. Play him in, no try them up front yet, but I'm sure he'll be scored 25 goals a season if we play them there as well. It was interesting to read comments. Uh... I said we there as if I was part of <laughs> Celtic coaching stuff. No, it was, just, it was interesting to read comments regard, uh, from Celtic fans about the draw with Motherwell and. Uh, the waning influence of Scott Brown I think certainly domestically uh, McGregor should be kind of played at the base of midfield and just there on his own so he's like supporting play and he's he's not no one else is cramping him Dundee this is this is one of a few that I found very hard uh, but I went for Glen Kamara yeah I've stuck that as well so I'll pick something else I mean you can go for I was, I was, I was swithering between Glen Kamara and Paul McGibbon Paul has not been that good this year. He's played very well in the last couple of games. So it may just to be, be fair, Kamara's not been very good this season. No, he's either. not, but Kamara is a lot younger um, mm-hmm. and there's a lot more potential in him. And you kind of look at McGowan and just because he is getting on a wee bit, you think when he's not playing well, you have to wonder, is he now past his best? Or was it just a Neil McCann effect? These last couple of games have maybe suggested it was a Neil McCann effect. But I'm still not quite ready to put him as number two to Kamara just yet. So, Wax Lyrical but Glennon and I'll give you my choice. Uh, wax Lyrical, maybe not. Uh, okay, I can stop it. Please. No, I think he, he certainly improved in the last few weeks with, I can't believe uh, these words are going to come out of my mouth, but the um, the presence of Martin Woods beside him. <laughs> I held back Jackson Irvin, but it's helping Glenn Kamara. <laughs> he's, he's looked a lot more, he's, he's looked a lot more off the Glenn Kamara last, last season where he's he's been a bit more Incisive with his dribbling and passing, and unleashing those snake hips. Yes, and the main thing is that the rest of the Dundee team uh, don't think of no. This is very good, but well, they also got a fucking pick. Yeah. I know. <laughs> well, I've got an alternative. I've got Cammy Kerr because <laughs> I think this season, despite the fact that for a lot of it he was played out of position at left back, so McCann could wedge Jesse Curran, who really can't defend in at right back. Uh, <laughs> Looking back, McCann made some mental decisions. <laughs> Despite that care for a lot of it, I mean, I know it was, it's, you know, it's the the most polished turd, basically. Uh, but for a lot of Dundee's early season, he was the player who was just about the only one getting any sort of praise off the fans as they were limping from defeat to defeat. And he, he does have his limitations, but he is somebody who will... Running out for the cause, he gets up and down the wing quite quite well. He's a relatively compared to some of the diddies around him, he can defend a wee bit. <laughs> he's not not the best defensive fullback I've ever seen, but he, he can do his part. He, he knows what he's supposed to do. He's, he knows you're supposed to close down crosses and defend back posts and stuff like that. Uh, again, unlike Jesse Curran, who I think we've seen in recent weeks, is definitely a right midfielder. Yeah. <laughs> so just because. He somehow managed to be okay in one of the worst Dundee teams of all time earlier this season. Then he is—he's my backup to Kamara. Well, one thing I was say—I know I made a noise earlier. On, I was quite dismissive of Kamika. The one thing I would say is that I think uh, he's a player who could probably step up quite a few levels in a better team. Yeah, with better with better players on. Even though you can say the same about others, but I think he's got that that ceiling. He's got the, those athletic abilities. Pick a team for him now. Oh, Hibs. Hibs? Aberdeen? Aberdeen, yeah. Harps, even. Would you rather have Cammy Kerr or Marcus Garinho? <laughs> He's your young backup right back. 
Right. Option number C, Jamie Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't want I'm good in you. I'd have care that overlaid He's, he's certainly more di- more dynamic. Again, it's better defender as well, I'd say. Better defender than Godinho, yeah. I'm a better defender than Godinho. <laughs> <laughs> Hamilton. Matthew Kilgallen. Yeah, he's on my list. He's not my pick. Uh, you, I've seen your pick. You, you better go for it. You, you, you can go first. <laughs> I know he's not had a good season, uh, but it's just so hard. I've done a lot of research on Hamilton as well. To be fair, I've not watched uh, a lot of their games I think I might have only watched one so far this season. But I did do a lot of research on them recently because I realised that I knew nothing about mm-hmm. their entire team. Uh, and so I dug out, like, spent ages, like hours on the forums going through and trying to get an idea of the team. And I still don't have a very good idea. As far as I can tell, the fans think all their players are shit. <laughs> yeah, well, that's one thing I've noticed from uh, Hamilton fans is, understandably so, because you look at their results, no, no team's conceding more goals than Hamilton this season. And they've been on the end of a few pacings. So I've just gone for Darry McKinnon again. I think they do miss him when he's not there. He, he, like I say, he's not been as good this year as he has the last couple of years. And even last year, he wasn't quite as good as his year before. But I did think he was one of the, the like I think I had him like 15 to 20 best players in Scottish football that year. He, he was really outstanding. Uh, kind of fell back. But even though he's not been that good this season, and he still they have to have that kind of presence. What doesn't help is it's sometimes been paired with Tom Tywell. And it's just two players doing the same job and Tywell doing a worse job of it than him. And it, it kind of hinders him. Scott Martin, I was impressed with Scott Martin against him. because at least, yeah. I mean, he's a kind of, he's a kind of similar player. He's very similar. They're both, both, both aggressive, combative. But like Tywell's just very, quite passive. Yeah, um, Martin's a lot more vertical as yeah. well. He can, he can get up and support, uh, which Tywo, I mean, he has the legs to do it, but he doesn't really have the knowledge well, and how, and, yeah, yeah. Well, how to do it in a game. And once he gets to the final third, he can't really do anything with it. I've, I went for Kilgallen, just I think Hamilton, with Emery's influence has waned massively. McKinnon's been in and out, well, kind of in and out of form. They've not got. Crawford's gone they've not really got a talisman and I think Kilgallen's probably the closest uh, that's, that's going to come to that he has the experience the number of games he's looked against St Mirren he was, he was fantastic and I think Hamilton have looked a bit more assured even though they've got to be 6-0 with him in the team a bit more assured with him at the, in the back um, than with certainly without him Cause I think the, against Dundee last night he wasn't playing Tishembe came in and Tamil fans were understandably very worried as it transpired, they should they should have been. But yeah, Hamlet not, not got a lot of good players. <laughs> they've, got, they've got like Miller and Keatons as well. Miller, Miller's a decent Both player. Decent, yeah. Should he be playing up front? Who Miller? He's not really been playing up front. No, he's been playing, playing like wide, right, right, mid, right. Uh, so they've been uh, the last few times I've seen they've been playing four two three one. Uh, Bruce Stad was up front, Keatons in behind, with Embry and Miller on the wings. Every time I think of a player being out of position, I think of uh, there used to be a uh, YouTube channel called uh, Spurs. Like, it was like Spurs Away Days, and it was somebody like narrating like their day out kind of thing. It was always quite funny. You should check them out. They done one, maybe even saw it actually. They done one when they played Hearts. No, I've not seen that. No, yeah, it's on YouTube. But he's uh, talking about Gareth Bale playing on the right, and he's like, he's try, he's, it's like trying to enjoy a delicious gourmet meal by putting it up your arse." <laughs> And that's McKinnon at right mid for me. Get him up front. Miller. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Give McKinnon up front as well. Knock him down. Hearts. Stephen Naismith. Yeah, I've got him as well. That was kind of my point earlier when I was saying that, although, although McKinnon's definitely better than Gary McKay Stephen, uh, that was my point earlier that attacking players are more important to your team. And it's harder to be a good attacker than it is to be a, a good defender. Yeah. Uh, 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 it's, it's the old adage goes it's it's because obviously the other player, player yeah. would be Christoph Bell. It's it's easier to sell a team to defend yeah. and to keep a clean sheet than to to, to go to play on the front foot. No, apparently for Hartshorn it's very difficult to do either. Do anything, yeah. <laughs> Next with I'd I've admitted here before, I've been the Robert had a debate once uh, when we were on the show, uh, even this season I've had my doubts about Naismith. Um, that was at the very start to be fair. it was when St John's it was so I had my doubts um about last season and then it was after the St Johnston game uh, I think it was 1-0 Hearts or 2-1 Hearts 2-1 2-1 yeah uh, just when he was saying it was excellent it was, I'm not sure but then 
he got the, he goes out the team and you notice you notice how much of a mess he is. You uh, you wrote the the Hearts piece um, for the Scotsman, uh, which encouraged uh, people to read, and you mentioned about Naismith. It's not just his footballing ability, but it's just his ability to uh, kind of referee the game, manage manage players on the pitch. I think he has kind of almost an aura or just this leadership, which uh, other players think, oh, shit, I better lift my game. Mm-hmm. Um, He's like he's just he's just a director, and he's incredibly smart. You've seen the Hearts this season where they've uh, with him and Uchi have gone out of the team. Uchi, as Naismith was still there with Uchi away, and it was still managed to um, keep it working. But Naismith, without that link between midfield and attack, uh, without that intelligence, his intelligence in the final third, his creativity, his goals, it's um, it's just gonna. Shit. Yes. You saw it. I thought uh, the Aberdeen game was a very good example, which I think is like the third last game he's played, uh, where he, well, actually, second last full game, because uh, he only played Dundee and then Celtic after that. But you saw so many times, I mean, Aberdeen fans can piss and moan all they want and say, oh, it's a foul and blah, blah, blah. But the amount of times he would just do these wee niggly things to McKenna, like back at him, give him wee elbows. Like and every time McKenna was just falling for it, just jumping over the top of him, giving away free kicks, and he was absolutely losing the right. No, I was saying so was Devlin. Sorry, that's what I meant. Devlin, that yeah. is, sorry, that is what I meant. I was actually thinking Devlin there, and Devlin has had a really good season. Yeah, yeah. Naismith absolutely bossed him. Oh, D the same the Dundee game. He was uh, he was going he was going absolute apeshit at Naismith because he's he's so crafty. He just he's just so crafty, and defenders know that he can. I don't know if he, the way Naismith talks to the referee, he's always in like uh, constant communication with them. But he doesn't—he doesn't do it in an angry way. He's just always, um, always in their ear without being aggressive. And I think that that does help him when it comes to getting these getting these small decisions against. So sorry, my pick is if you're picking Naismith, I'll go for Christoph Berra, even though said he's not. <laughs> uh, Berra, he's definitely number two to Naismith. Agree. Yes. Who else? Consideration. Sewer. That was the moment. Okay. Really nah, it's just he's still not anywhere near as good a defender as better. No, uh, not. But I think he he does bring. Um, he's he's definitely improved yeah, over the last. It brings the, the calmness as well in position. Yeah, uh, I've really really more in his arsenal than just a, a launched flick up the line. My thing about better is that. Um, Hearts are barely one of them in the team. <laughs> he's, he's missed, he missed that big. We missed the majority of that big run. I said that the other day. He's came back in and he's. How annoyed are you if you're Crystal Better? It's like you know, Hearts is like they're absolutely terrible for an entire season, and then <laughs> and then you get injured, and then the team's brilliant, and then you come back and they're fucking crap again. <laughs> well, I was thinking, I was jealous. I was sitting in the game thinking that that last night because uh, Deacon Mona got got on his road when he went, went up for a header, and he watches me thinking. What, what have I done to deserve this? <laughs> last season I had uh, Raffle Greslack on my other left side for a half a season. Now I've got Dika Motor. Dika Motor was a lot better last night. But you've seen when he came on against Celtic. Now I've got yeah, this Rangers. bomb. Yeah, sorry, Rangers. Now I've got this bomb scare beside me. Yeah, better for. Uh, he did. He showed his quality, even though he kind of. I've heard that he struggled a bit against St. Johnson. Nah, he just. Uh, he had a couple of missed loose passes when he, he tried to play the ball on the ground in the midfield. Um, defensively, uh, there was only that was only the one time that they they had this, a slip up was when uh, Dickamona they both bent for the ball uh, the same ball and then Tony Watt turned them in the aftermath. Well, against against Rangers, he's clearly not fully fit after the injury. He's still limping. Um, yeah, that's that's what that's where uh, Tony Tony Watt turned him and he got away from Berra quite easily. But in terms of the balls in the box defending, yeah, uh, like, he's always there. Yeah, yeah. Always there. Right, Hibs. <laughs> Mine is blank. <laughs> it's the only one I've got blank. What? You can't pick one player. <laughs> I was, I was so, I just, I was so like, I, I don't, didn't know who to pick, and uh, I did mean to put a, a, a specific player here, but then I watched the highlights of the Dundee game, and he was, he, he just looked all over the place. And it was Effie Ambrose. Right. Yeah. That's still. I mean, you can't, you can't just judge them just. The last <laughs> I know. Few I know. Games. I would just have. <laughs> I just didn't fill in. But yeah, I would probably go. I'd probably go for Effie Ambrose. I think there's players there, Horgan, Milligan, potentially Malin, who um, who could fill that role. Camberry, if he's, I would, 
three or four weeks ago when we went for him, but my God, he's a shadow of the player he was last season. I've and gone, I've gone for Cam Berwick. Yeah, I've still, I'm still a believer. That, that's what I'm, I'm affected by recency bias. Yeah, when he's at his best, he's, he's <laughs> I think, one of the best strikers in the Scottish Premiership. Uh, probably even, I don't know, last season. Let me think who else in the league. Yeah, his peak last season, I would put him around about the top five in the entire league. So in the entire country. And have the strikers. Yes. Okay. At his best, he's slipped off now, and I think there's some. Like reading Twitter last night, there was a, a few Hibs fans just like saying that possibly they regret the signing of him in the summer, and that that's, shows that's you how, yeah, how yeah. big he's dropped off, and he has been really poor these last few weeks. Yeah, Parker slammed him in, uh, slammed in the aftermath, aftermath as well. Aye. Um, but what I would say is that he's when he when he does have that ability, he's a. He's great to watch. Yeah, he drops into areas that are just so key in the final third to be able to link with teammates, and he almost does like his own orbit when it comes to the ball, and the ball just seems to find him. Uh, and when he's when it is good, he is he is great at doing that. But for whatever reason, it's just disappeared the last it's, few weeks. It's weird. He, he saw him last last season, and he generally somebody sometimes play up front of his own, and maybe against three, four defenders. And they would occupy all of them. He would run the flanks, like I said, he would drop deep. He could run in behind. He would bring others into play. Sometimes, he could finish. so he was, yeah, he could finish. Sometimes he was a bit selfish, but uh, he was definitely a very, um, very, very intelligent striker. This season, that I've, I think I've watched the majority, if not all of Hibs games, maybe not in Europe, uh, and he is just—it's—it's—it's it's, it's, it's frightening how how much he's dropped off. Also, considerably not mentioned, Paul Hanlon. I just really like watching Paul Hanlon play when he's just playing at centre half in the back three and uh, just bombs down the wing. That, that's that's the thing where uh, which comes out of my game recently by uh, since he's came back from injury he's been absolutely honking. But he might not be. Yeah, and, and yeah, he might so, not be fully fit. So yeah, uh, Hanlon in a back three, I think it's it's ideal for him because he gets that freedom to uh, to drive forward, especially because Stevenson um, is, is he's, he's a left back playing wing back yeah. when when they do play that, and so it gives for Hanlon freedom. However. In a back, when you're playing a back three, I think Ambrose is slightly weaker because he gets dragged out to one-on-one situations out wide, and I just don't think he's very good at uh, in those areas. Whereas when Ambrose plays as a centre back, I think he is again. He's at times just a Rolls Royce of a player. Kamarnock, the Scottish Carlos Vela, Greg Short. <laughs> okay, here's your reasons. Watch his watch his goals. Watch his goals. I think. Oh, so I could really do with Greg Shirt. Aberdeen. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say Hearts. Hips. <laughs> Rangers, kind of. Yeah, number 10. I would love to have Greg yeah. Shirt. No, I, I. He, again, he's he's one of the best players to watch, the most exciting players to watch. He, he's given Kilmarnock that. Um, you want to say kind of X Factor? The last season it was Malumbu. Even though he didn't play a whole amount of games, and there was that there was a concern when Malumba left and replace him, but I think Greg Stewart is weirdly Malumba's replacement. Just he affects the game further up the pitch, yeah. and it's allowed uh, uh, Spola and Power to have a bit uh, to breathe a bit more on the pitch. To both both players are capable of supporting the attack with Dicker sitting. Uh, you, you look at Power and that guy's just a defensive midfielder, but he's a whole he's he's, he's a lot more than that. Stewart. Sure, kind of just brings the team together. So he's he's like the epicenter, and if you there's 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 always stats people put up these these diagrams with uh, like lines or like the, the passing lanes or who it goes through, and you you you'd imagine if you looked at it, Greg Stewart, a lot of things go through Greg Stewart because he's he's like a he's like a he can play as a ten and a nine at the same time. He's built up a great relationship with uh, Eamon Brophy. And like I said, watch his goals and the majority, of, he scores seven in the league. I think five of them are f- fantastic to watch. The Aberdeen, Aberdeen one was just uh, is, is beautiful. And that dink finish. And he's, he's got the dink finish and then he's got the cutting his left foot, smash it in the top corner or just uh, front of goal, placed it in the bottom corner. Okay, if you go for Greg Stewart, I'll go for Alan Power because he gets man of the match in literally every single killer game. And who am I to argue with the Ayrshire Masses? It's uh, the biggest, tr- one of the biggest transformations in Scottish football ever. He's, he's, there's another player that would come come on to next who features when I do when we do Terrace team of the team of the week features a lot. 
uh, Power is another one who, when you ask or you watch Kelly game or ask um, who, who stood out for Kelly yeah Alan Power Alan Power is maybe the best one of the best examples I've ever seen of somebody using their talent to their most abilities because just being a good footballer from making like the right decisions and being intelligent on the park all the time because if you watch him play if you were to bring somebody along to the ground and say who's your best player say Stuart was out so who's your best player that guy that guy you must be fucking crap because he, he doesn't look like he can really do much he just looks like a kind of grafting midfielder yeah he just, he just looks like a plodding defensive midfielder yeah but he's, he's, his ability to what well, I think what's impressive about him is his ability to kind of lead the game plan quite a lot of the time as well Um he often takes control of the ball in, in this kind of deeper midfield area, not quite to the extent of Brown, like in, in that far back, kind of going between the centre-halves, but just in that area in front of him. And he'll funnel it wide, he'll maybe play it long, he'll maybe play it out to the wings, and he moves the ball quickly, which is very important as well. He doesn't dally on it, yeah. which is, I think, a lot of players with Alan Power's talent level, let's say, <laughs> to be kind of hit my backhanded compliment. I think they, they all kind of suffer from... Like a lack of confidence, as they probably should. <laughs> you're not like you're not that great football, but he just seems to. He just has a real decisiveness about him, and that's what makes him a really good midfielder. Yeah, his passing is is good. It's not. It's not. Uh, he doesn't have a particular range. He's, he's not somebody who's going to drop it on a, a, a sixpence from fifty yards. He's not a playmaker, but he can. But, yeah, he just consistently makes the, the passes he should do, <laughs> which is hard to do. It's hard to. To play with that level of consistency in your own game throughout a 90 minute. And you talk about the kind of decisiveness which he makes the passing, but also the way uh, the way he wins the ball back and anticipates uh, like second balls yeah. that have gone on, on about it this season quite a bit with him and Peter Haring. But he is, he's, he's so good at it. He saw it again in the, uh, the Hibs game at the weekend where it was um, his alertness which kind of won the ball back for the first goal, I think. Livingston Craig Halkett Yeah I thought you'd pick him It was between him and Liam Kelly Oh right I forgot about Kelly I've got somebody else Not that I've actually got Halkett But yeah. somebody else uh, A second I, I, like, like I said uh, He's <laughs> Every time I watch a Libby game um, Or ask someone who was at a Libby game Or watched a Libby game Who the, 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 the best players were Halkett always seems to feature and he's, just, he's just a monster of a defender mm-hmm. Perfect for the Scottish Premiership He um, epitomises Libby's Kind of Libby's game plan Approach, attitude However you want to put it He's won um, 36.11% of his duels um, Which is 5th highest the most interceptions in the league as well. I think he reads the game really well. He's, he's up there in the aerial ability as well. I think he's top 15, something yeah, like that. Yeah, I think so. He's a good, got a good understanding with Liam Kelly because I think they both came through the Rangers uh, the, the Rangers Academy at the same time. He just, I think he just the, brings the it. Rangers, right? Yeah, the Rangers Academy. He said it's just because you said it twice. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> uh, and he just... He just brings that that defence together. He's he's a glue, uh, and similar to McKenna and Berra, he always seems to have that. He's just got a knack of being in the right place at any time. I'm going to show some love for Scott Pittman. Okay, midfielder uh, playing the juniors. Like I mean, this this guy should get Andy Robertson type of praise. <laughs> he came from Lord Queens Park. Uh, yeah, junior football just it's like less than three years ago. Well, uh, always quite like the look of him when I saw him in the Championship. He was obviously, when he was decent there, he was a standout in League One, uh, played well again in the Championship last year, and he's coming to the Premiership and continues to play really well. He's somebody who is uh, he's kind of diminutive a little bit for a midfielder, he's not particularly tall, but he, he gets himself around the park, but he's also, he can create going forward as well. Uh, strong touch, can make things happen, um, can play through balls, can get into the box himself, get on the end of chances... And just like everybody else in the Liverpool team, absolutely runs his heart out for the course. I think you wouldn't. Um, you should, we wouldn't be criticized. We wouldn't be criticized if we chose Jacobs, Byrne, Gallagher, or Lifko as well. Yeah, yeah. Just that that, um, including Kelly, that seven man spine that just means that Livingston won't get relegated. Really Scott Robinson. He's good. Just don't think he's at the level of other seven. <laughs> Do you think you'd be saying that? Sorry? Did you think you'd be saying that? Absolutely not. <laughs> I was looking at. Uh, I was looking to 
Oh yeah, I was, I was looking into when Hearts last had a, a winless run as bad as this and it was ended by... Um, came to an end with a Scott Robinson goal at Ross County in the relegation season. My word. Motherwell. Oh, this, this, this is fucking tough. Right? This, this was so, so difficult. I was so tempted to put David Turnbull. I'll put uh, Trevor Carson. He was another one that came into mind. I mean, I know he's in for the season, but he's still probably the best player. He doesn't really make any mistakes for a goalkeeper. He's made a lot of good saves these last 18 months. Just a shame they're not going to see him again for the rest of the season. Hopefully, we see him again at some point in his career. He's made a couple of mistakes this season. Yeah, but not as quite like the happens. That, yeah, but maybe, maybe not as, as much as other Scottish uh, goalkeepers in Scotland. Yeah, uh, I've I went for this is so difficult. I I went for Alan Campbell. <laughs> See, I, but I don't he, think he's, he's been he's, that great. He's on my, he's on my list. But he's not been that good yeah. this season, and he, because he's only now got a season and a bit, it's like that's not. Is that a big enough sample size? I mean, I know we're pretty much judging the rest of these guys on that same sample size, yeah. but it's because he's a young player. You don't know whether was that initial flash in the pan. He's not going to turn out to be that good, or is he just struggling a bit because Motherwell aren't that good this season? Because he's he's not been quite at the top of his game. He's like started the season pretty well, but he's kind of fallen off. Uh, but he is somebody I, I'm a fan of, and he, he is on my kind of short list as well. So it's Tom Aldred, who I think is the best of the backline. Yeah. Um, yeah. But again, <sighs> Richard Tate's all right. So a lot of players you're like yeah like, they've got their good points but they're not, they're again, not Chris, they're that good I've, I've had criticisms of Chris Kazan again he's got Curtis Main's still a handful doesn't score enough goals now though Dad, uh, Johnson I like bigger than Mana. yeah <laughs> <laughs> well one thing I'll say about Campbell is he's, he's got a wee bit of John McGinn about him yeah. just um, all action all action gets his body uses his body well he's got kind of gallus nature yeah, uh, there's a few commander play- sorry, Motherwell players there I would like to see um, at Tynecastle see if they can do better than a better team. The <laughs> <laughs> worst team you mean. Never heard some play in the sub. <laughs> yeah, I know. You're interesting. Uh, Rangers. Morelos, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you you shaf- might even get off all the time. <laughs> I thought you might have been going, I thought you might have went for Alan McGregor. Um, yeah, he's probably here to pick afterwards. Yeah, three, it's three players that stand out: Morelos, McGregor, and Tavernier. Yeah, uh, Tavernier. Every every time you go on Wise Scout, it's just his name at the top of something. Yeah. Uh, it's ridiculous. <laughs> the last three or four seasons, he's just he is mental. In the last year, he has also got a lot better defensively. Yeah, he's I, I, no longer a complete liability. They, they, uh, again, he's now just a bit weak. They were. Um, I can't remember who it was. If BBC or BT or Sky, they were talking about the the combined Rangers and Celtic eleven, and they were, they were still debating whether Tavernier would be in ahead of Lustig. He would be. Yes, he definitely He's would be. Infinitely better than uh, Lustig now. Just gives uh, dude Tavernier and that Celtic team would f- fuck me. Those <laughs> those stats would be incredible. Him and James Forrest in the same way. Absolutely destroyed, and Forrest would actually be brilliant. Imagine them coming up against Danny Mitchell. Forrest would actually be brilliant for him because the Rangers, a lot of Rangers fans, have credited Tavernier's uh, kind of improvement down to Candace being in front of him because Candace works hard yeah, yeah. and is a good defensive winger to have in front of you. And Forrest, Forrest is and, even better. Yeah. So and, they, and attacking wise, yeah, Forrest, Forrest is more drift yeah. So Forrest and Tavernier are just destroying life flanks up and down the country. Be frightening. Celtic should just try and fucking save him. <laughs> He's been, actually won trophies um, <laughs> no, going back to Morelos he uh, if just look at my, uh, my Twitter feed there's no um, no doubt I'm a massive fan but probably my favourite player in the um, in the Scottish Premiership at the moment uh, he did let me down against Aberdeen I'd read an article the other day I think it was Tuesday it was quite an interesting one it was from uh, Ger- or it might be Wednesday ahead of the Aberdeen game it was uh, Ger's net yeah. And uh, obviously written by by a Rangers fan, but it wasn't it wasn't like a a, fa- like a, a fan blog, but it, it, it put out points or very interesting how the how he's kind of been demonised and the, the reporting around Morelos, uh, like comparing how like Levine came out and said how he stayed on the pitch because the way like bully defenders or use his body, it's like the, the guy listed a whole load of focal point strikers sorry target men strikers down the past in Scot- uh, Scottish Premiership British ones who were just like uh, the old fashioned target man yeah. that's kind of what they do so he made, made a lot of valid points about the rhetoric around him brought into <laughs> and then there was a big thing about his discipl- uh, disciplinary uh, record uh, and like last season how I think he picked up I think got nine bookings in the Premiership last season I think uh, 
and but like Shinny and McGinn got fifteen. However, he's been sent off three times this season. <laughs> We're not even in the year yet. I know. <laughs> it's early December. That's fucking mental. Again, I mean, I know Rangers. Every time you say this, Rangers fans always say, "Ah, but the one against Aberdeen was overturned." Yes, but he still kicked somebody yeah. off the ball. I mean, I put in my top ten worst decisions of the season because under the rules of you know, it has to be brutality or excessive force. No way is that kick either of those. McKenna barely even fucking notices it, but. He's still kicking somebody off the ball. You don't need to do that. That's, I, I wrote about the the, the the red cards that Rangers have got this season and the brutality aspect of it. I can understand why some people might think it's a kick. There's got to be a, a, a brutality about a, about a kick. Um, some people might think that. I don't. Yeah. The uh, <laughs> again, we've we've had this discussion off air about between uh, Edward and Morelos. I don't mind them having this. Streak in him, but not to the extent that he has uh, this season. And he's let the team down. He's let the team down against Aberdeen uh, twice now. He's let the team down, and he could have let the team down badly in Russia because uh, he got he got sent off for the two most stupid bookings uh, in the space of like three seconds. And it was in the first half, and Rangers did re- uh, really well to hold on. Looking at his positive, so. I think he's got a lot. He's got a lot of praise recently for his finishing, his goal scoring record, of course, because he scored seven in, in a row in the league. However, I still think that's the biggest aspect of his game that he needs to work on: his finishing and composure. Yeah. Because you've seen it at Tynecastle before he scored the goal, the ball came uh, got crossed in, and he fluffed fluffed the chance. Last night, he got the ball on his uh, left foot and just skied over the bar. He's reminding me right now of what happened when he first turned up at Rangers where he was just kind of hitting everything that was going in. I know he's saying he's missed these chances in the last couple of games he's missed them. So it'll be interesting to see whether he can go back to what he was because I think earlier in the season he, he was... I, I don't want to get into the stats but I think he was like outperforming his XG and mm-hmm. hitting the target just about yeah. all the time. And Rangers, I think... Yeah, definitely before Saturday's game. I'm not sure now, but before Saturday's game, Rangers were the best team in the league for hitting the, for the percentage of shots on target, and he was a big reason about that. If he drops back down a little, will it shake his confidence like it really did last season? And that's something he's got to stand up to. But we better move on. You've, we've talked enough about Morelos yeah. on the show before. So Johnson, another really difficult one. I I really want to say uh, Dre Wright. I did. Fuck Dre it. Shots. Yeah, that's right. Uh, one thing I'll say about before we talk about um, soon. Dre Wright specifically it's more about the collective yeah. really bad at saying so certain words <laughs> it's, it's a certain say, uh, <laughs> fuck it's certainly more about the collective you look look for the team and there's no one that really stands out yeah but Dre Wright was kind of he was like the creative force he man of the match every yeah. game yeah. The, in the eyes of the St Johnson fans it's a shame that he's going to be out for the rest of the season now with an injury uh, that he picked up just last weekend I think yeah, so he was playing. He was playing more central. Uh, I think they started the season with him and Kennedy on the wing, the wings, and Wright was moved. Or was Kennedy moved central? No, it was Kennedy. It was, it was Kennedy. Sorry, yeah, I've got that, got that confused. Because I was going to say, I've actually got Kennedy in my list, but Kennedy is a forward. Uh, would get attention. Kennedy left wing, not so much. Yeah, yeah, because I was really impressed with Kennedy last night, as I was Alston and more so Wotherspoon. So they've got these players that come in and, and then step up. But Dre Wright did have that. Um, he, he had the skill, uh, pace, kind of the, the, the trickery. He's a pro- proper wide man, yeah, proper wide man. But there was a end product to end product him. Jason Kerr, I think, deserves the shout as well. He was another one that I considered. Tony Watt, just be, just because I think he's, he's a very good player. Yes, intelligent. Um, Kerr has just emerged these last. I think he first came at the side about not even I don't know, about a year ago now. Maybe maybe no, because he was still on loan a year ago. I think he came at the side after he came back for his loan. Uh, forgive me, I can't remember where it was. Uh, I think it's just a championship team. But that was kind of when the Johnson side was Queen in. Of the South? Yeah, oh, yeah, it was. It was Queen of the South. Um, St. Johnson were kind of struggling about the back. Stephen Anderson kind of fell off a cliff. Oh, yeah, I forgot about him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's still there. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Joe Shaughnessy's form was kind of being affected as a result. Kerr came in, and between February time and the end of the season, there was a best defender, and that's carried on in this season. I think he's a good football, football player as well. Yeah. Another possible one to mention, just because I've, I've seen St. Johnson fans defend him when he came out with certain comments, was uh, uh, Richard Foster. Yes, who's uh, yes played well. Yeah, I think he's, he's, he's got. I don't want to play. Him, I don't want to play for Scotland. No, he's got a lot of uh, good attributes to be a solid right back in Scotland. Although maybe he should play ahead of Callum Patterson there. Yes, 
I, I think I'd play Andy Roberts and Eddie Calabars with it. <laughs> Put your theory to the test. St Mirren. Pa- Partridge is emoji. <laughs> Definitely. Not emoji. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Adam Hamill. Yeah, I've got him as well. He is, he's, he's that chaos factor. He can score for his own half. I mean, he's, he's, uh, he's brought... He's brought something different to a plodding St Mirren team. I mean, if, take him out, take his goals out, and you wonder where exactly they'll be, they'll be bottom. There'd be no question about that. I think listening to Hibs fans in the last, I don't want to get too down on St Mirren because they were the beat Hearts and deservedly so the other week. <laughs> but listening to the reports for the two Hibs games recently at Easter Road, I think Hibs fans kind of thought that Dundee weren't kind of performed quite well. Um, whereas, for what I heard, I mean, I'm only caught. I mean, this is a word for only a couple of people I'm not seeing either game. But that St weren't quite as up to that. And I kind of now fancy St to be the worst team in the league. I think I'd, I think I'd, I think I'd be down on Dundee before. I can't remember. But, uh, yeah, I, I still don't think there's a lot of quality on that side. When you're playing... Because somebody else on this list is Paul McGinn. And it's because he's playing at right midfield. And I think he's been OK there. But that's yeah. fucking mental. He's a right back out of position. And I think he's their second best player. The, the fact that Hamilton went and... It was, it was a weird one uh, Hamilton won 3-1 but even when they were down to 10 men St Mirren were um, had a lot of control control of the ball but they were st- still pretty rubbish against Hearts they were they were a better side and des- probably deserved to win more yeah. than 2-0 but that suggests that said more a lot more about how bad Hearts were Dundee at Hibs were um, second half uh, they, they made a good show Kel McGuinness is good and he gives them an energy I think they missed yeah. in the midfield with a bit more obviously they get that energy from Ryan Edwards but with a bit more kind of oh, they do not like Ryan Edwards <laughs> with just a bit more kind of purpose to, to what he's doing uh, but Edwards uh, sorry McGuinness after starting the season I think picked up an injury so he's only played a handful of games so I need to see a bit more of and, him and at I think the top he's, 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 played, he's played both wide and in the centre I think he, he cuts inside and yeah. he kind of drifts in so he, he's given them a bit of a Boost uh, for that area. Just somebody who kind of is a bit, just kind of lifts the, the the team around that area. But he's yeah, like I said, I, I need to see a bit more. Okay, that is yeah. Right, let's go on the Patreon. All the games. Be cool. sure to listen. Go there now. Do it. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.